Ladies and gentlemen, that phone bell means adventure. Hello? Hello? The young man answering the phone is... Mark Fellower. And the mountain of a man engaged in deep thought in the oversized armchair is... M.L. Elric. What was that? Somebody's going to be murdered who has no manners? Well, what do you want... M.L. Elric. To do teach him manners? Oh. Hold on. Mr. Wolf. Yes, Archie? We've got a prospective client. In case someone she knows gets murdered, she'd like you to do something about it. Very well. However, I advise her... Yes? (laughs) Not to get murdered herself. I never take a corpse for a client. <laughs> hmm. Greatest detective in the world. You asked Roger to cut your finger out of my face. Juice. Get your finger out of my face. Take the first shot, then if you want to cut your finger out of my face. It's gone. What are you doing? What are you doing? But that is not paid for by them. That is paid for by the people of Detroit. Let me tell you something. You want to go right now? Okay? You want to go right now, Elric? Well, welcome back to the uh, Soul of Detroit. I'm your host, M.L. Elric, investigative reporter at Fox 2 News. Keeping things on track, our Mark Fellhauer, straight from the... Uh, oh, the, uh, refreshed from a hospital stay, not yes. for myself, for my daughter. From but... quarantine, the in- infectious diseases ward, so... Uh, I don't think it worked, though. Listen to my voice. It's shot! Well, you went there without an infectious disease, and you left with Imagine one, right? That. So yeah. that's pretty good. Just like flying. So I hope they don't send you a bill for that. Oh, I'm sure. Uh, you know this uh, this healthcare system is is rigged, and and later on we'll be joined on the burner by Sean Windsor of the Detroit Free Press, who is in Des Moines, Iowa. Lovely place to be. Yes, in March. getting ready to see the Spartans and the Wolverines play basketball, but not against each other. Although hopefully they will have a fourth game before this season is over. So we're looking forward to Sean joining us for the great debate, and we're going to talk to him about some of those great stories he put out over the weekend from the Big Ten tournament. Um, you know, we, uh, we really appreciate you guys reaching out to us on social media. You can find us on pretty much all the platforms at ML soul of Detroit. You can send us emails at ML soul of Detroit at gmail.com. And you can give us a call at 313-288-9070. That's Butterfield 89070. It's, it's so old school. There's no outgoing uh, message yet. That's right. Well, because, uh, because we're still learning. We're but. a startup. Yeah, we're we're getting there, folks. It's our first day, and and we're getting there with your help. And for a startup, we're doing pretty good. Our uh, our genius behind the scenes tells us that we've had twelve thousand downloads hey. for one of our episodes, which it's is my first day. It's pretty impressive, and it's uh, in large part because of the strength of the Red Shovel Network, which of course includes not only Modest Little Soul of Detroit here, but the flagship Drew and Mike podcast. Uh, no filter sports, which is pretty mm-hmm. good. Twice a week, you get a different take from Eli, Bob, and Denny. Which uh, I'm really interested in hearing Denny talk more about baseball as we get back into yeah. baseball season here on the first day of spring. And of course, the other big Kahuna out there, Mr. Charlie LaDuff with the No BS News Hour. So uh, very pleased to be a part of the show. Busy very, network, and it's cool to be a part of what's new media, but in a way, very old media. Very much like radio, very much reaching out to people, uh, very much a way to communicate where we're trying to entertain, inform, and engage. And in a lot of ways, I feel dirty every time I tell people to go look at us on social media to follow us there. Don't you love social media? No, I hate (laughs) social media. And, And you guys talked a little bit about this on the Drew and Mike podcast, but this thing in New Zealand just, it got me all worked up again because... 
as uh, you know, I'm a print guy, so we tend to be a little more uh, reserved, a little more thoughtful, a little more deliberative. But now I'm in broadcast, both filling in on WJR sometimes, and then, of course, been at Fox 2 now for six and a half years. These, these social media sons of bitches have no responsibility whatsoever at all. We say the wrong word. And hell, I could be fired. The station almost certainly will be fined if it's happened, you know, anytime in close proximity. You know, they may there's give a, you a warning the first time, but the second I, I, time. I don't they, want to get in the position of defending them, but there's a big difference there. You're an employee of that company. Right. If, if you're talking about why doesn't Facebook or some of these platforms get sued because of what people put on there, I mean, they're the platform. Do you sue the server? Who else do you sue? So if, if I go to a restaurant, and uh, I order food, and the chef prepares it. Who's an employee. Who's an employee, and the waiter brings it out, and the waiter puts a booger in my food, and I get sick, then I'm not going to blame the chef, but I'm going to blame the employee and uh, the, uh, the, uh, the, the server, and, and I'm going to hold the people who made the server part of this equation responsible. So I, I know where you're going to go, that the server's also an employee like the chef is, but if, if I provide a vehicle and somebody is allowed to misuse it or pervert it. And I'm not so sure that putting some of the shocking stuff out there is a perversion of the social media business model. I'm going to hold them responsible in the same way that if I just leave my gun on the porch and somebody walks by and shoots somebody and I didn't know they were going to do that, I'm probably responsible for leaving a weapon somewhere they can do some harm. It bothers me because they act so socially conscious. Like oh, they're God. They're doing this, they're doing that. We're anti-fake news. You know, we, we hate the trolls. It, it's, it's, it's an a lie. And it, it amazes me when people are like, they, they realize or they find, find out that, oh, Facebook is really a business. The problem is they've created a thing. I don't think they really know how to control it. What they know how to and control technology is so far ahead of laws is the information laws. they scrape from us exactly. and the money and that, they can that, make, and that's where it. their focus is. Right, period. and that's that's what drives me crazy. So, so media, print in particular, and also TV, we think that the way for us to survive is to get into this Frankenstein bride situation with social media, where we're providing our content for free. Mm-hmm. To them, it's certainly not free to us, but it's free to them. We even have reporters who've done FaceTime live shows, and we've tried different things. We're live streaming this on Facebook, and I've been working at trials where they want us to tweet what's going on in the trial. All it does is it brings in eyeballs and it brings in revenue for the social media platform. Do you think it's a necessity for, um, say, Fox 2 or the free press? At one time it was because younger people who are obsessed with social media don't consume the traditional media. So the idea was we throw it out there and we try and use it as a hook to say, hey, look at this cool stuff from Fox 2. Maybe you'll come and watch us later. Or look at this great story from the free press. Maybe you'll come back and you'll check out our website where we might actually get some money. Or maybe what you'll do is you'll, uh, you'll buy the paper someday, you know, fat chance. It hasn't worked out that way. And at different times... These social media firms have gone out of their way to say, hey, we will help train you on how to maximize the use of our platform with your content. Because <laughs> yeah, it maximizes their profit. Exactly. No, so now we've kind of bought into that and said, you know, okay, whatever we have to do to reach this new audience, we're willing to do that and hope that there'll be something on the back end for us. And then we've talked about algorithms here before, they'll change their algorithm and all those things that you were told would drive traffic to you that would help you or would benefit you doesn't. Yeah. 
I have no problem with providing my stories on social media. And again, here's where I'm conflicted. I constantly publish my stories on social media as well as ask people to watch them on TV. And then we maybe get some clicks out of it. But what drives me crazy is the social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Google, they make a ton of money off of this stuff and none of it comes back to us. So it's not even like, you know what? We made we made 10 cents off of this story. We're going to give you a penny because we realize, you know, we wouldn't have got the traffic if it wasn't for your content. And we also realize in a much bigger picture way that if we suck all the blood out of the dog, the dog dies. So yeah. it's not a symbiotic relationship. It's a parasitic relationship. And it used to drive me crazy when I was a newspaper reporter to have rip and read happen on TV and on radio where they would take our stuff and they would pretend it was their own and, and you know, do a fine job with it. <laughs> but I always thought yeah, you should at least mention us. Well, and, you know, so now we're going deep into the archives. <laughs> but that's kind of how I started my relationship yeah. with you guys yeah. because... I mean, we wanted Schaefer originally, but... Well, you know, he's uh, he's usually in bed by now. <laughs> but uh, those Ohio State fans, butter... Buttermilk and heroin puts them to bed early every time. But, um, but but it used to be the paper. I mean, that's where you get your in-depth reporting. You would go deep. Some people, sure, they're going to read the first two paragraphs where all the information is. But if you really wanted the deep information, you'd go deeper. Right. TV would kind of aggregate that and do more stories because they had less time. The Internet, which has an infinite, an infinite amount of space. And an infinite, isn't it? Yeah, whatever that word is. They could put so much out there, but yet they're aggregating even more, even fewer stuff with less information. I have not been on Facebook in about two years. Oh, God I don't bless miss you. it one bit. And I just stopped one day. It was over Christmas. I was looking at it, and I'm like, oh, my God, this is all memes. This is all pro-Trump, anti-Trump, pro-what. Um, it just was driving me nuts. I go, I don't want to read any of this shit. Right. I don't miss it. Well, Twitter, how many- Twitter serves a different purpose, and I think the media needs Twitter because when something breaks, like New Zealand, it's always there first. It publishes there first. Right. Well, it's also a good way to say, come and look at this, because in 140 characters, 280 characters, you can't tell a whole story, so it's really more of a tease. Exactly. It's a headline. Which, which is useful, which is very useful. But one thing I will say for Facebook, I know more about what's going on in people's lives because of Facebook, but there's also a lot of friendships that have been broken up because how many people unfriended people because of what they read about their political you views what, on Facebook, where before they had no idea what the political views were? That's that's really childish. Oh, I think so, too. I mean, I think... That's social media, that's for sure. If, <laughs> if this country's going to survive, we have to be able to tolerate people who are different than us. But but to come back to how we kind of met, you guys would read, and this is how I really started listening to the Drew and Mike show, you guys would read, like, our entire stories from the Kilpatrick administration, from the 2001 mayoral race, these profiles that went on for inches and inches in the in the paper. You guys would read the whole thing. I thought, hell who, yeah. Who the hell are these guys? This is amazing. And then I'd say, well, can you guys make sure you mention... It's mainly Drew. Well... <laughs> He's a, he's, a, he's a well-read man. He's a, he's a fine aggregator of, of quality content, curator. As long as it's yours. Well, you know, some of it was in there. But I would call and say, hey, can you at least mention where you guys got that so that people know where it came from and maybe they'll come look for more? And you guys were very gracious about doing that. And obviously it's sort of one of the seeds that took root and got us where we are today. But I always got frustrated when TV and radio would rip and read because mm-hmm. what would happen is it seemed like they came up with it 
And so the newspapers would get no traffic, no credit, no nothing. And at some point, those newspapers are going to die. And then where the hell are the TV stations? And when I worked at Channel 4, when you'd go into that morning meeting room to figure out what stories people are going to do, there was a whiteboard. And it had Detroit Free Press, Detroit News, Macomb Daily, Oakland Press. And there were headlines from those papers written underneath that. And reporters would say, because most reporters wouldn't come in with the story, they'd say, Oh, um, I'll take that story that in the, was in the Macomb Daily because that looks like a fun story I can do, and it was wait, wait. that blatant. You gotta, uh, that blows my mind. Isn't part of the, I don't know. You're you're the journalist. Isn't part of the joy finding a story that no one else has? That is part of the joy. But when you're turning two and three stories a day and you're going all over the metro area, a lot of it's just about survival, and that's one of the reasons I was really glad to get off the daily grind. That doesn't work that way at Fox. We, we have a very tight relationship with our viewers, and we get a lot of tips called into us. Now, we will still follow stories that we see online or in print or that somebody else did. Yeah. But, and this was 2006. A... Channel 4 may have changed since then, but it was very much a we are going to take shit we saw in the paper and we're going to put it on TV because we don't have enough reporters, we don't have enough producers, we don't have enough people who can gather news. That's not... Oh, that's... But it, it comes back to social media. When you, when you live off another entity and you do nothing to foster the growth and the good health of that entity, it is going to die. And when it dies... What do you have left to steal from? And that's what drives me crazy about social media. And it also drives me crazy because of the fact that it's a, it's a free-for-all that people can use screen names and be as bold as they want to be without being bold at all because most of them are cowards. And I know that because I see my emails and the posts that people fling at me all the time. But it also encourages sick bastards like this Australian guy who killed all these people in New Zealand when you are allowed to stream suicides, when you're allowed to stream murders, when you could stream sex acts, when you can put revenge porn up there, when you can put up, and there are no consequences, that is not healthy. And that is something where there needs to be regulation. And there are people in other parts of the world that are holding these entities oh, responsible. Europe, Europe is very tough on, exactly. on new media. Google just got fined $1.7 billion dollars for ad practices that violate their antitrust laws. And this is not the first billion-dollar fine that Google's been hit by in Europe. Meanwhile, in America, nothing. Uh, meanwhile, in America, we have senators call a bunch of people into Congress. And they don't know what, you know, they don't know how they make their money. And they're like, what's a screen name? Yeah. These guys are so behind, they're still thinking... A friend of mine poked me on Facebook the other day. You know, I mean, come on. This is ridiculous. Out of all the congressmen, and I don't know how up-to-date, it's definitely not after. This was pre-2018 midterms. Um, So this is House and Senate. I believe only three had backgrounds in tech. Most are lawyers. Sure. And then, you know, they work their way up. They're district attorneys, and then they move up to politics. Some are businessmen. A lot are businessmen. Some are farmers. Um, They just, they don't know. They don't understand it. And like I was saying earlier, technology moves way faster than law does. Oh, well, and they had Zuckerberg in there who basically gave them a a crash course on how tech works. And so now that they've kind of been brought up to speed, like, oh, my God, that's some complicated stuff. They don't do anything. I've heard people say, well, how do you stop it? It's, It's live video. You don't know what's on there until it's live. And it's like, you know what, though? TV and radio, I mean, you know, has a delay system. Right. So you hire these people. They watch a video that's live, and they decide that's no good. 
that's no good. Now, Facebook has a system like that. The problem is they pay the people 15 bucks an hour. They see some horrific posts. I mean, I don't want to be on Facebook because of silly memes. These people see the worst of the worst. Right. But they only see it when it gets flagged. They're not watching it live. And there's just right. too much live video. But you know what? They got a lot of money. So you either find them or they use that money to hire some real people Bingo. to make real people decisions. Bingo. What do you need? Humans. And what did, what did Zuckerberg tell those Congress people was going to make things better? AI. Artificial intelligence. Well, first of all, that's bullshit. And second of all, we cannot wait for that. Now, Zuckerberg, to his, his credit, has made a ton of jack, and he's trying to give it all away. Could I maybe, Marco, suggest a little something here? Maybe instead of making so much, you take some of that money, set it aside to hire people, which would certainly help America and the economy, and screen things before they post. But they won't. Have somebody look at it. And the problem well, then, is they're publicly traded. But, well, bottom piss, line piss is, on that. That's but, bad news for the shareholders. I mean, you want to buy that stock, you take your chances. But you're, be, you're beholden to the shareholders until you're beholden to the law. Well, I think you have a response. You have to, a you corporate tell, well, responsibility. And if you don't I, see the I, corporate responsibility, we need regulation. You know, people love this. Let's get re- regulation. Let's, yeah. let's deregulate, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Uh, how do you think those people who flew those Boeing 37s that didn't land, do they, do they want you, less regulation right now? Right now, would you rather fly in a Boeing or would you rather fly in an Airbus that's yeah. built in France and has tons of regulations on them? Yeah. So I, There's no doubt. we got to have a little regulation. And for these guys, the, the problem is they make their money on volume. It's like the old gimmick, you know, where uh, Richard Pryor became rich in Superman 3 because he took yeah. the little shaving off of the decimals that no one counted. And when yeah. you add all those portions of a cent together, you have millions and Office you have billions. Space, same, uh, yeah, same idea. thing. And then they, they acknowledge they stole that from Superman. When you're making money off those little shavings, that's a volume business. Well, maybe you need to reduce the volume. You know what? And maybe what you need to do, or maybe what you do is you have an account. Wow. Like Twitter verifies people. Maybe you have a Facebook or a YouTube poster who's put up 100 videos that we don't have to worry about. So now we're going to give them the benefit of the doubt, and we're going to watch the next jackass who comes up and wants to put some ridiculous stuff up there. They have to be responsible for the content. They have to be responsible for the content because they're going to replace the traditional mainstream media. It's going to be gone, and what we're going to be left with is this nihilistic, anything-goes, wild, wild west, where you're seeing your kids get raped, people are killing themselves, they're shooting their neighbor. Okay, I'm getting a little carried away on that well, one. Well, you have the FCC but, to, to protect the public airwaves. I mean, we all know this, right? Sure. Because the public owns them, and the Internet isn't public. It's not even considered a public utility anymore because of net neutrality. That's just gone. There's got to be something there to make. I mean, look, you have to have the Internet now. Oh, there's no... You have to have it to get a job. Absolutely. The government... To download uh, a podcast on, <laughs> on iTunes or Google Podcasts. Aside, uh, aside from... Make sure you rate it you unless you hate it. You can pay your taxes online. You can do everything online except for vote. I love the internet, so don't, don't get me wrong. I'm all for it. But, but what I would argue is you need somebody to watch it. And for the so now I think I'm vulnerable to a free speech argument here. Like, well, if you want to you know, restrict everything, I thought you're a big First Amendment guy. I am, and you know why I want these guys to regulate themselves. Besides the fact that I don't want all this garbage want the, plowed I want into the our government heads. to regulate what is exactly. Yeah. I want them to regulate themselves because the best way to keep the government out of your hair is you take care of your damn business yourself. Well, the the best way for the government to do that, in my opinion, is 
maybe there's an antitrust there because as soon as a new company is made, like an Instagram, they get big yep. enough, they said, we're buying them. Well, Another and, company gets like, we're buying them, and then they just squash them. Exactly. Maybe if you break them up and let's see how their technology works and let little – like they, they, and they've done this before. They've done it with uh, Standard Oil is, you know, the Bellwether AT&T, example. yeah. AT&T is probably the, the biggest, most recent. And, boy, they're doing just fine now. They've bounced back quite nicely. So break it up a little bit. Let's but, let's let's encourage some competition and, to and challenge them. These fines that were levy, levied in Europe were precisely because they said Google was rigging the game so that smaller competitors can't get in there. And now Google's on top, so they love having the game their way. But I wonder how they felt when Alta Vista was the big search yeah. engine, when Yahoo. Yahoo, Dogpile. Yeah, exactly. Ask Jeeves. Where the yeah. f- where's Jeeves? Uh, well, now, I think Jeeves is working for Zuckerberg. He's Probably. They just buy them. I really hate this stuff. And and some of it is a very personal issue, too. When those reporters were shot in Virginia, mm-hmm. my partner and I were sitting in a car getting ready to go. Some people would say jump out at somebody. Other people would say hold them accountable. Steve Wilson would say have an impromptu accountability session. <laughs> and I think that's my favorite euphemism of all time. But we were getting ready to go out and ask somebody, why the hell are you being such a dirtbag? And we're listening to this as it's happening on the radio, and we're kind of checking our phones. And I'm thinking, Chris, do we want to jump out of the car at somebody? We're in an unmarked vehicle. We're very low profile. But I'm thinking, is this sort of like one of those plots where, you know, secret cells jump out and kill all the reporters? I mean, and it sounds ridiculous, but at the time it's happening... Well, people hate the media now. It's pretty scary. Well, and that's the other thing. Is Although, I let me let me run this theory by you because the media is at an all time low um, approval rating, which is kind of weird that they have an approval rating. However, people, Elvis doesn't even like us. <laughs> people tend to have um, a love for the people they like. It reminds me of Congress. Congress, Congress exactly. Very low approval rating, except for my congressman, right. the one I voted for. I love him. Do you think that's true with the media? Like. Oh, media yeah. is garbage. I think it's true. Um, but in, I, but I, I like Sean Hannity or I like Rachel Maddow. But I the rest think it's true garbage. in life. Like, think about people who you got hard feelings about. If they walked in here right now, no matter how pissed you are at them, you probably would feel a lot less pissed. I think this notion of I don't interact with somebody, I don't engage with somebody makes it harder to see them as a human being and it builds it allows you to turn them into a punching bag and what do we do with punching bags we want to hit them yeah well there's been online trolls uh, just doing what we do we know there's online trolls and there's been some back in rift at rift days I know they've been in the same room with you and they don't have the balls to come up and say anything to your face oh yeah and I'm, I know you've experienced that. Yeah, well, I, I've had people come up to me and say stuff like, you know, you know, why, why, why outside this house? I'm like, well, because this guy did something wrong. And like, well, you know, uh, we, we know where you live, too. And I just said, I said, hey, then come on. But if you come to my house, you better be ready because I'm going to knock your dick in the dirt. Smash your face in. They've never been quite that bold, but there have been there have been threats. And and my theory is, and I may have shared the, this with you guys uh, at Riff or, or on your podcast, is I don't worry about the people who threaten me, the people who say stuff, the people who talk. They, don't worry talk. about them. Mm. That's you know, if somebody's going to hit you, they're going to hit you. Okay, they're not going to say it's not. It's 
My favorite part of The Incredibles is when the villain is saying, oh, now I'm dialoguing. I can't believe, or monologuing. You know, I'm just, I should just get ahead with this and kill you. That's exactly right. If yeah. you want to smack me in the face, you're not going to say, get ready, because I'm going to smack you in the face. No. By the time I realize you're going to smack me in the face, and because you're a bitch, you probably hit me in the back of the head, so I didn't even see it coming. Yeah. But it's too late. So the ones I worry about. That's why it's called the sucker punch. Right. That's, or maybe a sucker got punched. But... <laughs> The ones I worry about are the ones who don't say anything because who knows what the hell they're thinking. But the well, busters, they they announce it. You coming know? full circle to New Zealand, all you hear about this guy is what a loner. Yeah, you know he doesn't talk to anybody in real life, so you got to be aware of those quiet loners that are in your neighborhood and on your street. Well, it sure doesn't seem like we missed find, very much. Find the one that if you would be on the news and say, I never would have thought it was him. Find that person because it's him. Uh, right now. The New York Times did a great series, a, a reporter with one of the greatest reporter names of all times, Fox Butterfield. He, he <laughs> did, uh, not to be confused That's with Butterfield 8, which is our phone number. That's 313-288-9070. But um, yeah, he he went back and he analyzed all these serial killers and he debunked this myth of, you know, quiet guy next door. What he did is he went back and he talked to more coworkers and more neighbors. And it turns out that most of them said, Oh, we always knew this guy was a crazy son of a bitch, you know. We always knew where all our cats were buried. We always knew the guy who was following some babysitters. There. We live in this narc yeah. culture, yet nobody wants to narc out anybody for anything serious. Well, he did this. going to come back on them. They'll narc you out for uh, an alleged racist tweet when you were 12. But well, not if you're... Because there's, there's now more anonymous ways to report. But he, he, he looked at these old cats, you know, the ones who were serial killers 30, 40 years ago. So this was kind of back before the if you see something, say something era. So I think one of the problems with guys like this, this dude from Australia is people probably didn't pay that much attention to him. Whereas if somebody really so followed him and looked at him, it's like, oh... But look at John Wayne. The guy. I, I know there's always exceptions to rules, but look at John Wayne Gacy. He was beloved in his community. You never would have thought he was killing people and putting them in the crawl space. Yeah, I um, did not grow up in that neighborhood, but um, <laughs> I'll take your word for it. Well, but... I mean, he's he was um, wasn't he in charge of a union? And I mean, there's a picture, famous sure. picture with him and Rosalind Carter. Is he the clown? Yes. Uh, yeah, well. he was a very man about town. Okay. Well, with apologies to the Detroit Fire Department clown crew, the clown thing kind of made nobody likes of, clowns. I'm sorry. Yeah, it feels like a little bit of an alert. <laughs> I think we we probably see Twitter a little differently than some of the other platforms. But I think they have some responsibility, too. I had a guy go off his nut on Twitter because, and, and, you know, of course, you know, I I don't mind people getting upset about really important things, and this was clearly an important matter. Uh, I was questioning why Connor Cook dropped to the fourth round of the NFL draft. Yeah, and, and some some kind of surprised by that yeah, too. some troll jumps up and says, "Oh, I know why." And I'm like, "Why?" He's like, "Well, I, I can't tell you." And it's like, "No, no, you know, just tell me why." And so now I'm engaging with someone who's following me, and I've got like you know ten thousand followers, and he has like three, including his cat. So I'm not saying that I shouldn't be wasting my time with this person, but it's clearly somebody we've engaged on a level where you know he probably doesn't have much uh, socialization. Then he comes up with some cockamamie story, and I said, no, I don't think that's right. I said, how do you know that? You can't put that out there without knowing that. He says, I have my sources. And uh-huh. I said, you know what, dude? I've been doing this for a while professionally. Uh, who are your sources? I can't reveal my sources. Yeah, yeah. I said, well, in my experience, people who have sources and they can't reveal their sources usually don't, don't have, have sources. sources. So this guy loses it. He starts threatening me. I'm going to come get you. 
And then he starts putting stuff out like, hey, do you still live at this address? Is this still your unlisted phone number? Do your girls still go to this school? And I'm like, now you're bringing my kids into it because once you bring my kids into it, we got to go. And I do a little research on this punk, and I find out who he is, and he's some assistant wrestling coach at some downriver high school. And I'm thinking, well, you know what? On Monday I could call the high school and say, guess who's been making some really creepy and have this guy's job. But I don't want to do that mm-hmm. because I'm not here to wreck people. Um, but he's, but try- I, he's trying to – I report to- him to Twitter. Oh, did you? Because they say, yeah, you know, you, are you getting a threatening tweet? I report him to Twitter. I send the treats. I said, he's saying, you know – I'm going to – it was one of these – another one of these BS things where it's like, you may have made enemies, but now you've made the one enemy who will be your last enemy. And I'm like, what? Mm. You're like the How worst deep. Liam Neeson ever. You know, yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, whatever, man. Worst Liam Neeson. So, so, uh, so I'm getting these threats. and like, I will make you pay in blood. And then he brings my kids and my home address and the phone number Why into did it. did you just say, good luck? I, I should have. So I report it to Twitter. Twitter investigates, and they say, we don't see a problem here. Really? So, again, this is but the responsibility. This is the responsibility. And they shirk it all the time. But so Because there's no consequence. Exactly. What, exactly. What, what is their consequence? So until a law is made... There's, there's no consequence. Yeah, so this this buster went right I feel traumatized, bruh, and now I'm tweeting about you, bruh, and now you're trending, bruh, and now your life is ruined, bruh, and now you're fired, bruh. And Twitter loves nothing more than getting people fired or getting oh, sure. people in trouble. Well, and, but when and, it's something real, eh. And what's more of a... Sp- How many people like to get in fights? Very few. How mm-hmm. many people like to watch fights? Just about everybody. So, yeah. I mean, I think it's part of their business model. They Pretty- love... That crap. The craziest so. thing about a Twitter fight is there's always a winner. <laughs> has anyone ever won a Twitter battle? No. No one wins a Twitter fight. It comes back to responsibility. Social media, social responsibility. So, so let me give you some good news. We, 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 we got to work some good news into the show. And we're going to start with, with Mark Fellhauer, who loves 106.7 until it turned out to be his daughter's temperature. No, one, I do love 106.7. It's 105.1. I know, sports, which, which you probably don't love as much. But terrorizes me. It's I know your kid number. hit 105.1, but then you were heading towards 106.7. Oh, I, know. Yeah, I did not want to get that far up the dial. Uh, you know, she had uh, the flu, which turned into pneumonia, which now has turned into an ear infection. I'm, so we're trending in the right direction. Yeah. Not out of the woods, but... Uh, no, but, you know, it's, I knew we would get her... To ER, they would treat her and she would be okay. Yeah. It sucked, and it sucked in the moment, and I was worried beyond. Oh, oh for I, sure. But then when you talk about the hammer, yeah, some of the stuff he's gone through, it does put stuff in perspective. Well, yeah. So hammer update: my my nephew Abraham Thomas Wachter, who uh, it's his theme song, isn't it? He he is he is going to be known as the hammer. You got to give him some big pants like this. Hammer time. Well. His pants are pretty loose, but they're also pretty full because he's just a little guy. And uh, we talked about how as much as I cheer against Michigan, I can never completely cheer against Michigan because uh, Mott's Children's Hospital saved my nephew's life on a football Saturday, no less. So, so big ups to University of Michigan Children's Hospital. But he was back in the hospital getting treated he had another little laparoscopic surgery and he's on the mend and so now i can i can have a little fun with what he's been going through but this kid's life he's not even a year old his life is all nurses morphine and breastfeeding nice so i want to say 
I want to say that Hammers had a, a rough start, but <laughs> I kind of got to say it sounds like a pretty good There's deal. a silver lining in that start. Yeah, I mean, it's all about trying to look on the bright side of life. <laughs> and so Hammer, glad Am, A- Annie and Hammer are... Uh, are recovering. Uh, maybe someday they'll meet and marry and fall in love and have a podcast and own a lot of Facebook stock, but uh, but we'll see. Um, I want to give you a quick update on the solar uh, situation at the house oh, yeah. now. The solar panels are up, they are active, and on even in the doldrums of Michigan weather, on some days I am producing more power than I'm using. so of course, we gotta, of course you are. we got to get Drew down here and, and talk about the solar one of these days because I think I may have found a way. I, I kind of feel like Dr. No, right? Here, though, there's too many trees. And this house yeah. would just reject it, kind of like a new liver. Oh, <laughs> That's yeah. how this piece of shit house would just go, oh, I don't want that. It's built on a burial ground, and so now it's, <laughs> uh, it's sacred. This house has some, it's turned on Drew. It's got some serious problems. You try to add something to it, it's just going to reject it. Doesn't sound as bad as Trudy's house though. That's a house. Oh boy! I, yeah, they. Oof. I'm. Uh, I'm very sorry to hear about I'm that. Next. But we're doing very well with the solar, and one of these days we may have those guys in to talk about it, and we'll have to. We'll have to get Drew on board with the power of the sun. Yeah. So this doesn't get shut down every week. Couple quick headlines, folks. Uh, we talked about Robert Kraft in one of our earlier shows. He was a geek of the week, as you may recall, for uh, looking for love in all the right. Uh, well, all the wrong in all the expensive places, he now has reached a plea deal, uh, or he's been offered a plea deal by prosecutors in Florida to avoid criminal conviction Thank you, Dan. in exchange for performing community service. Uh, some would say he got in trouble because someone was performing a community service on him. But uh, if he performs 100 hours of community service, pays some court costs, and attends a class on the dangers of prostitution, he can avoid having this go on his record. So I guess you could say, once again, in Florida, Robert Kraft is about to get off. <laughs> Except he turned it down. Oh, did he? He turned the deal down. Because the one thing they forgot... So no happy ending this time. <laughs> well, maybe for him, because the one thing they forgot is he's a billionaire. Uh, and he'll fight it. And he'll fight it with really good lawyers. Whew, man, I... That's really what this case is about now. But, you know, who's the real the rich misdemeanors. guy? Because he's a billionaire who paid for it. I'm broke as a joke and never spent a dime. Every guy's paying for it one way or the other. Well, now you're getting into some meso- metaphysics. This is a stuff, custom but... and job. I won't change my mind on anything, regardless of the facts that are set out before me. I'm dug in. And I'll never change. Joining us from beautiful Des Moines, Iowa, Mr. Sean Windsor. And Sean, before we introduce Sean, I have to give him some credit for his picks in the Detroit Free Press. Um, Wrong. <laughs> uh, Michigan State game one. Wrong. Michigan State, Michigan game two. Wrong. Michigan State, Michigan Big Ten Championship. Wrong. Sean, who do you like for the national championship? Oh, North Carolina, I guess. Wrong. I don't know. I don't like anybody. You're picking the Spartans? Me? Uh, well, I, they kind of let me down with that 4,000 to 3 uh, spread on the U of M team. But, uh, no, I, I, I am not... Um, I am not that much of a homer. I, I really do believe that Duke is the team to beat. I was, by the way, I was in the locker room today uh, talking about Coach uh, Mike Garland 
longtime assistant of Izzo. And we were talking about the Michigan-Michigan State games and the matchup. And I'd ask him because John Beeline said after that game in Chicago Sunday night, he was praising Michigan State, what he loves about him. He loves Wentz in particular, just the, the, the way they spread and space and defend. He's, and he stopped himself. He said, you know what? It's just a bad matchup for us. Michigan State's a bad matchup for us. So I was talking to Mike Garland about that today. I said, well, do you agree with that? And he said, yes, Michigan's a better team than we are. This is Michigan State coach. He said, they're a better team. We're just, we're, we're, he's right. We're a bad matchup. He said it was reversed last year. We had the better team. They were a terrible matchup for us. I think he's sandbagging. They, they, uh, they had nobody. They had nobody to deal with Mo Wagner. You had a great, great column about McQuaid and Arns and, and their exchange. And we're going to get to the debate part. But before we do this, I've got to acknowledge one of the one of the more signature pieces of journalism to come out of that tournament. Tell us briefly about, you know, like in three seconds, how you came up with that, because that was a great story. Well, I want to take uh, full credit. Okay, that's three seconds. Um, I take can't. take a little more time. Sorry, go ahead. I can't. I can't. I can't. I mean, yeah, you know all about three seconds. Wow, that's not. That's not. Oh, damn. That's not right. That's not fair. But it's true. Slow down. No, I. I, uh, uh, I, I like I said, I want to take full credit. But I can't. My editor. It was so. It was the assignment was for one A. Sometimes you write for the front page, and you got to do the Big Ten and the umbrella and all that. And he sent me an email. He said, "Look, just." If, if there's a slice you want, if there's something, don't worry about where you're writing it for. Just go with, what's, with, with what is the best column, what you think it is. And if you want to do something on McQuaid, that's where on, that's fine. And so that kind of freed me up to do what was sort of right there, right? Not to get too insider baseballish, but uh, so I started talking to him, and and Arns told me what McQuaid said as he was getting wheeled off on the stretcher that he was about to go off. And um, and he did. He scored 27 points. Not all of them after that. Arms went down with a foot injury, but in the first half, late in the first half. But I mean, there's just something about this group that's such a cliche. But I guess I just wanted to get out there and use the Arms McQuaid relationship. They lived together for four years to to do it. And to be honest with you, real quickly, Mike and Mark, if Mark's still there mm. and not falling asleep, <laughs> um, to be honest with you, when I sent the column, I, I didn't love it. I thought this is. I don't know. You know how it is. You're on deadline, and I was really surprised at the reaction. And everyone will forget it when they lose to Louisville. Oh, man. Well, I would say it was a much bigger moment. They could. Frankly, because to my mind, that was the moment, that game, and maybe before that game, but that game definitively was the end forever of the University of Michigan men's basketball team's claim on supremacy in this state. They have been frightening my Spartans. They have been threatening to take over the mantle of greatest basketball, college basketball program in Michigan for years. But that is over. That is done. Sounds like wishful thinking. No, no, no. It's, that's, no that's, that's, that's a fact. That's the truth. Can I just throw this out there? Because I know you love, uh, you love the green and white. Oh no, Sean's phone's breaking up now. I think he's getting yeah. them chicken strips. Oh no. You wish. You don't. Yeah, you want to Oh no. That's not that's not a, a problem with Sean's phone line. That is cosmic justice. That is <laughs> the great powers saying What? Wrong. <laughs> what? Maybe he just I agrees with you. I couldn't hear that last part. The connection just got really bad. Okay. 
it's funny. The connection was fine when he was talking about his article. Sean. <laughs> still sucks. It still sucks. You may need to go sit out on the window ledge with the phone <laughs> and lean towards the street a little bit. I think Des Moines needs to build another uh, cell tower or 12. Is it really that bad? Hey, oh, that's bad. Wow, now you're better. You're now, you know, now you're it was, in the bathroom. It was, it was everybody downloading the farm report at the same time. They just jammed the tower. <laughs> oh, but, uh, yeah, Sean, yeah. Sean's back. Sean's back. Sean <laughs> is brought to you yeah. by uh, uh, cricket. Apparently, maybe it's <laughs> cricket. I don't know. It's the, the burners burned out. But so, Sean, you were just about to tell me that uh, I was wrong. My logic was incisive, and that no, uh, I was oh, going to tell you that you're, you're 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 damn you're, it. you're not thinking about something. What? Oh, what's that? Sorry. You're not thinking about something, but that's, you know, par for the course for you. I'm thinking about Golf. baseball because I want to go longer than three seconds. Uh, nobody likes baseball anymore. <laughs> I think uh, in a couple of weeks, if your Spartans play, or actually in a week, week and a half, whatever, they get the Duke. Let's say they do this. Let's say they pull this off, the miracle, the karma, it's the kind of team, whatever. They get to the Final Four, and they play Michigan. It's a bad matchup. Mm-hmm. And then that's why we're going to beat Duke because Duke's a better team, but it's a bad matchup. I love this thing. Wishful. Let thinking. me ask you something, though. Let me ask you something. Would Please, you, would you want to beat Duke and then lose to Michigan? Can you imagine losing to Michigan in the Final Four and then they go and win the next game and win the national championship? Oh, and then those those three wins. Oh my God. Yeah, uh, you, you well, would. No, you it'd be would, terrible. Mich- Michigan is already claiming that they cured polio and started the Peace Corps. So uh, it's bad enough with those damn commercials. But no, oh, could you imagine so, what you, know, you and your Spartan nation would have to live with? This, oh, my is, this is where Michigan logic would kick is like, so, uh, so you, you guys beat Alabama, and, uh, and you, you, you beat every other team, but three years ago you lost to Wisconsin. We beat Wisconsin this year, so we're better than you. No, if that happens, Michigan fans would be saying, well, if you're gonna, only going to win one of the four games, it may as well be the final four game. And you know what? I could well, not Spartan, argue. Spartan logic. I could not is, as long as you got, as long as you guys lose two. That, but that's that is Sparty logic. No, that's well, that but that's ways, that's been Spartans. Socrates came up with that. As he long had, as you lose two. Well, actually, I think Socrates hated the Spartans, <laughs> although they they had some after hours commonalities. But anyway, so okay, let's get get out of the Greek oh, philosophy. Yeah, my, my, but no, I, no, I'm I'm with you, Sean. Other people's misery. I am not one of these guys who says I would rather lose to Duke to avoid losing to Michigan than That's beat ludicrous. Duke and lose Michigan. It's like the people who say, you know, so do we have to do we have to cheer for for so and so to beat so and so because we need no no I'm like, you know what? Win. Mm-hmm. Win every game you can the right way, but win every game you can and then we'll settle it at the bar. Because the one thing about the Michigan and Michigan State rivalry that I love, other than it's not really rivalry anymore because we always win, is that it's a great thing for us to talk about. It's a great thing for us to argue over. It's uh, it's great. It's great for the space, their state. It's saving our winner. With the wings and I mean the Pistons are okay, but it's it's been great. No, and hopefully this will stay this way for these. These no, are two it's of the over. best coaches in the country. It's over for Michigan. No, it's not. It's and over. you're basing yeah, it solely be, on B-line. They're going to be really good next year. 
I'm I'm basing it on Beeline's age. I'm basing it on Iggy making the uh, the the antics in the first half. The, the, you can't let yeah, your a knucklehead freshman oh, do that. Shut up! You guys slap the floor every two seconds. Those we, are antics. We slapped the floor because one of our one of and our guys, guys died in that game. So what? So he was uh, good. They, you know what? I will say <laughs> he was resurrected by uh, by McQuaid's healing hands and. Yeah. You know why they don't slide the floor as much as they used to? Because they give up a bucket every time they do it. Uh, there has been oh, times. Man. Especially against Michigan, there's been times where you guys slap the floor and Michigan goes yeah. on a great run. Well, No, I, I, I don't know that we, we have an appreciation. We're just, uh, and I know this is a great debate, and you usually lose, Mike. You always lose. But I, Wrong. The, where, are these, where are these two programs Wrong. are right now? Wrong. There we yeah. go. Yeah. <laughs> these two coaches. The, the stuff these guys run, the way they operate, it's it's just a different level, and it's uh, it's really really fun. Enjoy it because it's not going to last that long. Both these coaches, they're both in their sixties. Yeah. It's it's fun, and they're pretty they're pretty well even. Well, Sean, we're going to be looking forward to your reports out of Des Moines and throughout the tournament for the Detroit Free Press. You can follow Sean on Twitter at. Uh, Sean is wrong. Um, it's a new handle, but it's catchy. And check him out in the free press, freep.com. And, of course, why don't you buy one of those damn newspapers? They're a buck a day, and they beat the hell out of any other place you're going to find news and information. So, Sean, thanks for joining us from Des Moines. Safe travels, and we'll catch you next time on The Great Debate. I always love the people of sports, but I've loved sports all of my life. Oh, man, the geeks have inherited the earth. Can I do that? What a dork. Is- him wanting to play with us again mean that he's turning into a geek or we're turning into cool guys. We love to hear from you on social media, even though we hate social media. ML Soul of Detroit. We like to get your phone calls at 313 Butterfield 89070, which some people would consider 2889070. And we'd like to get your nominations. For Geek of the Week. This week, all by myself, I had to pick Geek of the Week. Um, I've heard from, from one person who rated us on iTunes, and we appreciate those ratings. Please rate us, subscribe, rate us unless you hate us. Somebody said, love the podcast, but I'm not really into sports, so I'm not going to listen probably that much. Well, this is not a sports podcast. Yeah, sounds familiar. So let me apologize that we have a Sports Geek of the Week and that is the NCAA bracket picking committee. I think it's our first entity. Yes, this is this is this is shared responsibility. This is this is taking down the establishment, and we hate them. We find them pathetic and miserable. You don't like your number two seed? Is that why? No, no, because they made Duke go through the toughest bracket. They have to play Michigan State. Oh, jeez. So yeah. on behalf of my friends, and they have to play. It's, it's really about your Sparty. They have to play Drew's Hokies, too, who have beaten them before. I know. And it's, very a tough, well it's a tough bracket. Could beat them again. So the number one. Now, now, of course, it's absolutely outrageous that the should-be number one seed Spartans are a number two seed in what some people perceive to be the toughest bracket. But I think it's... I'll, I'll even, even back you on that. I don't know why they're not a number one well, seed. It, but if I... You know, and I, I didn't... Until I read this in the Washington Post, it didn't really occur to me either that, that Duke, the number one, the consensus number one, the number one of the number ones, the capo di tutti capos, no, has the, the toughest bracket too. The two there should be Kentucky, Carolina should be the two and the other one, and then State should be that one. On behalf of my they, friends until we play them at Duke... The NCAA Tournament Selection Committee is your Geek of the Week. 
Thank you for joining us once again in Room 7609, where we take new wave gold. We polish it. Sometimes you have to find gold and brush the dirt off. Before there was Cage the Elephant. Before there was Portugal the Man. Before there was Douche the Bag. We had great (laughs) bands like the Vinyls. And we've talked about some great bands who had some some hits that people, or should have been hits. I guess I got to keep remember. They're so good they should have been hits. They weren't hits, but we're going to. We're going to give them a second chance. And Divinals is one of just countless, countless amazing new wave bands that were fronted by women. I'm thinking of Transvision Vamp. I'm thinking of the Motels. Romeo Voids. Romeo Void. I'm thinking of Berlin. I'm thinking of uh, Missing Persons. How do you like that glass uh, bra, Drew? Remember yes. Missing Persons? Plasmatics. Oh, Plasmatics. Yeah, Wendy O. Williams died tragically. I think by her own hand, she was a very unhappy. She did. Yeah, she plasmatic. Had, she was uh, rocking bot, but the butterface. Not not. Uh, <laughs> uh, 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 she had a, an amazing silhouette. Let's just say that. I well, don't take no orders from no woman. By the way. Yeah, well, Wendy, Wendy, <laughs> we're in the cotton into that. That guy was in the band. I don't know. Oh, yeah. he didn't last long. He was that, that in guy, the band. That by guy the way, got... I don't take no orders from no women. <laughs> he wouldn't have done well in the divinals. Is that Jim Fouts? <laughs> I don't listen to women yelling. I tell them to shut up. It sounded like Adobe Selimophone there. For that was not him on the tape. It was not him. Or it he says it's not him. him. Well, you know, and Drew, I don't want to. I don't want to get all uppity, but Fuck that shit. They would tell <laughs> That's you. That's Jim Fouts. It's Divinals. They didn't like to be called the Divinals. I what? As if it makes a difference. I'm sorry. You know who else is like that? Red Hot Chili Peppers. They do not want to be called the Red Hot Chili Peppers. But you like to be called the Fellhauer. Yeah, it kind of. So it's kind of. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. And, and I know. Well, and if you call Donald Trump Donald Trump, does he prefer the Donald? I think he does. So yeah. it does go the other way. Yeah. 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 And and he also has colored his hair red like our our uh, ingenue from uh, from 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 Divinals. So being a See, that sounds weird saying that. It does sound weird. From Divinals? From Divinals. It reminds me of uh, The Batman, by the way. That always <laughs> bothered the shit out of me in, in the movie Batman. Yes, yeah. Because he was always Batman on the TV show, which I grew up with. And sure. And all of a sudden, he's The Batman. That's what he was in the comics, though. He was The Batman. <sighs> when did The Dark Knight come into Or is it just Dark Knight? Oh, I think he was The Dark Knight. Okay, okay. Now, not knowing much about New Wave, Divinals to me is always, I touch myself. Right, and because of her, a lot of people did. Yeah. But that was their big hit. But they had many other very high-quality tunes that people have they've been lost the ages. By the way, the one that uh, you want to play is also the title of Chrissy Amphlett's book. Oh. And you said there are pictures in that book? I'm sure there's some pictures in there. I mean, it's her book. It's the story of her drug-fueled, alcohol-fueled, Crazy days with oh. divinals. What, what is she doing today? She's dead. Oh, yeah, she's, she's lying under uh, underground. How While she, she was alive, she did some composing. Now she's doing some decomposing. <laughs> <laughs> How did she die? She had uh, MS and cancer. Oh God! Yeah, yeah. I was well, thinking it was going to be some rock and roll type 
partying. Well, her partying may have uh, brought on the MS. I don't yeah, know. Or exacerbated. She was it sounded like she was a huge partier. She was married to the guitar player. Yep. McEntee was his name, or the McEntee. I don't know. <laughs> um, <laughs> he was married when he got in the Divinals, and then he was married. And he was not married when he left the Divinals because he married her after he divorced his wife two years after he was in Divinals. Oh, jeez. Did I sounds... say the Divinals at some point in there? Yes. I didn't mean to. Well, it kind of makes sense She's because be mad at you. you think of, of... And then he was divorced from her when the Divinals. They were... She was divine, right? She wasn't the divine. She was divine. And it's kind of a play off of vinyl because at one time people actually had these physical things with grooves on them that were vinyl. I mean, yeah. I don't know. She was hot. Oh, the, the, so the video, we're, we're going to play uh, Pleasure and Pain in a minute. If you've not watched the video of Pleasure and Pain... Are all her songs about masturbation or sex? Um, because I only know two now. Well, there's one. This about... song is about domestic violence. Oh, it is. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It's it's it's. Finals had some heavy music, man. Yeah. No. It's it's uh. This is this is a deep track, man. This is one where uh where there's some soul bearing there, but uh, she could be so deep. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's what. And she is now about six feet. Yeah, six feet. It's but... unfortunate. Uh, Christy Ampler. Well. It's a lot of buildup. I don't know if the song's going to live up. But I think it is. <laughs> Pleasure and Pain band. by Divines. Great guitar player. He boned her, too. A lot.
That's the late, great Christy Amplet of Divinals. Not the Divinals, Divinals. song did chart. Oh, it did chart in the States. Well, it wasn't as big as uh, I Touch Myself, no. which is the one that everybody remembers, the iconic album cover. I mean, it's... Uh, the height of MTV. Yeah, it video. was. It kind of took over, and I think it subsumed everything else. It did a lot of great tunes from Divinals. Check them out, and uh, we, we, uh, we want to hear from you. We want to get your suggestions you can reach me at mlsoulofdetroit at gmail.com. And uh, we heard from John Darby, who said he wants to hear a town called Malice by the Jam. Well, John, we appreciate you reaching out to us. I wouldn't say that's not a hit because it's probably the most seminal jam tune. It's too popular for ML. But we will play, I promise you, we will play some deep tracks that are Paul Weller related. Right. So stick around for Future Room 7609. He did end his email with Go Green. I didn't tell you that. Oh, really. did he? Yeah. I'd love to cut that guy's jib. That's I a, can't whatever a, a jib is. But, uh, <laughs> but folks, thanks for joining us. We really appreciate you sticking around. We're building this show before your eyes. We want you to be a part of it. We want to hear from you. We want you to be partners with us here in, in crime on the uh, Red Shovel Network. This is uh, M.L. Elric signing off with Mark Fellhauer on the Soul of Detroit. Cyrus, take us out. Can you dig that? Can you dig it? Can you dig it? And me a can of beer. <laughs> However, you do have the evening off. Yes, sir. Keep out of trouble. Hmm. Doris Channing is a blonde. <laughs> that is trying to keep out of trouble. In the company of a blonde who wants to. Good night, sir. Good night, Archie. Good night. <laughs>